Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plunky, 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 plunky. I learn something new every day. Plunk, 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 plunk. Okay, I got it. Plunky, plunky, plunky. Hey, I'm ready. Right foot back. Cultaholic Classic Raw Review. You see, as the other cultaholic lads uh, are pondering how on earth you end a wrestling match by removing someone's eye, we are here via our Ica Pro Power DeLorean wondering how to gouge our own eyes out. And who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio, former Cultaholic heavyweight champion, the proprietor of Isolation Station 24601, Tom Campbell. I am with the bear in the big blue bar cage. He is Titan Shrugged himself. Head pen of Cultaholic. If you were to offer him a pencil, he would use it to take out Rey Mysterio's eye and win a match at the horror show at Extreme Rules. He is Justin Henry. He needs a pencil because he doesn't need a pencil. He needs a pen. Shut up, Tom. He gets it right every time. He is Justin Henry. And he is off of America. You know what you call Rey Mysterio without an eye? Go on. Rey Mysterio. <laughs> it was the sound of somebody's phone pinging that made that work <laughs> it was my phone pinging <laughs> that absolutely worked <laughs> amazing it's, it's, hey i'm out it was, my dad there. it was like a monday but um tish i'm a big fan of it uh today we are uh we are literally in the timeline hours away from Survivor Series 1994, it is event that, an event that will change uh, the direction of the WWF, but we're not here to talk about that event, we're here to talk about the run-up to it. And we're not alone, are we, this week, you and I? It's not just a two-man show this week, is it, Henri? Well, well, no, we have to build our team for Survivor Series. We need multiple members so that we can you know, go into battle as one, and we got quite a quite a solid teammate here, and our good friend John Eiley, the Photoshop Pharaoh himself, Mr. Actually, that's, he doesn't need, an, he doesn't need another, another nickname after that. I gave him a good one. <laughs> the Photoshop Pharaoh, John Eiley, with us. How the devil are you, John? <laughs> He's great, Sorry, as guys. you can tell. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I was on an Oregon trail a couple of weeks ago, and I ended up with typhoid, so I ended up with a bit of a cough. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> bit of continuity there, lads. Bit of continuity. I was... I like it. I like that we we referenced that we referenced the uh, the trail. That's nice. <laughs> That'd be fun. 
the fun Survivor Series match, the All-Americans versus the Typhoid Express. <laughs> You'll just come to the ring looking like death. Gaston gets dysentery. He has a 141 and two-thirds percent chance of dying. <laughs> I like that. I'm sorry that you died uh, on whilst on the trail a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh, that's okay. I got better. Uh, you sound like you've improved, which is nice. Um, but yeah, if, if you missed it, we I had one episode of this of the this this prestigious podcast where I just played the Oregon Trail for most of it, and uh, John got typhoid. So sorry about that, John. <laughs> that's quite all right. I'm glad you're have on you the man, though. Have you discovered the uh, Jesus glitch on the game? What? The Jesus glitch. Please tell me what the Jesus glitch is. If you name one of your passengers Jesus, he may die. If he dies, he's he's back in three days. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh, I miss games doing stuff like that. <laughs> Where uh, they they didn't have good graphics, but they had good banter. I just made that up. I, I, I just. Oh, what? I should try that. <laughs> I can just imagine now there's a lot of people who have actually paused the podcast, gone to play Oregon Trail, tried it, and after three days have gone, he hasn't come back. <laughs> You've ruined gotcha. some people's day. <laughs> he signed, well, what a problem is he signed to not compete with, with other actors. Like, he'll be back in 90 days. <laughs> so, anyway, we can't talk about Oregon Trail again because we'll lose an entire episode again to the Oregon Trail. We need to focus on the ma- on the matter at hand, lads, which is the final stop on the road to Survivor Series 1994. Now, John, you're not going to be with us for Survivor Series 94, but do you remember this particular pay-per-view that we've got coming up? I do, yes. Um, I remember... I mean, I've, the Survivor Series is actually one of my favourite uh, pay-per-views, to be honest. I've always enjoyed the, the the tag team elimination sort of scenario. Um, so you know, now because they've practically got rid of it and they need to do sort of like one match a year, I really preferred it when it was just all tag team eliminations. Uh, so the Survivor Series has a, a good place with me. Favorite Survivor Series team of all time? Oh, that's a good question. Um, Now, the thing back I'll to probably... like the 80s, the, ni- no, the 80s and 90s especially had great Survivor Series teams. I think I'm probably going to go with the first Survivor Series team that I've seen at the very first Survivor Series, which was uh, the Ultimate Warrior team. It was the Ultimate Warrior, Texas Tornado, Kerry Van Erich, and the Legion of Doom. And they went up against the perfect team of Mr. Perfect and the three members of Demolition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was... Um, what's fun about that team was they were all... They were called the Warriors, and they all were Warriors. Ultimate Warrior, Modern Day Warrior, Road Warriors. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So that it all actually fit, even though they did. Of course, I would not acknowledge that on the on WF television. I miss the days where all the teams had names. Like, I love that part of Survivor Series where they all had creative names. They don't do that anymore. Yeah, that, like I said, you only do sort of one Survivor Series match a year now, don't they, the pay-per-view, so it, it doesn't really work, but... Back then, you know, you had the Hulkamaniacs, the Million Dollar Team, the Warriors, the Natural Disasters, um, Guts and Glory. You know, you had all these weird and wonderful names. And it just was, a, like I said, a really good pay-per-view. And like I said, one of my personal favourites. And it was one they always tried to get shot of, didn't they, Justin? There's a few attempts they made to bid off Survivor Series, and it ended up always sticking around. Yeah, apparently a decade ago, they 
after the 09 show, they tried to get rid of it, and people fought for it, so they brought it back, and, well, the interest wasn't there anyway, but, like, like the hell with it, we'll just keep it in anyway. <laughs> it's like, 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 no, don't, don't get rid of that, I love it so much, and then you're like, fine, we'll keep it, and then you don't show any more love to it anyway. <laughs> Mind you, the, I watched again Survivor Series 2019 uh, over the weekend. May the men's elimination match. Uh, the triple threat one with five versus five versus five. The, the general, the pace and the structure of it, I really liked. Plus, Keith Lee looked like a beast in it. So I'm a happy lad. That was a fun match. Did we both see that match? I know you did, Justin. Well, yes, it was a Walter's early night. Oh, yeah. Less on, less on that part, the, the better. <laughs> Uh, but John, did you catch that one, the five on five on five from last year? Um, I've got to be honest, I don't think I have. Oh, um, it's a treat! I, I, I think I need to go back and go back and watch it that one. But um, I, I do think five on five on five is probably a bit too much. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you dip over to WCW when they used to do war games, um, <laughs> originally uh, they did a, a three team. Uh, version of it one year it was Team WCW versus NWO versus OWN One Warrior Nation, um, oh, and that wasn't and that wasn't very good at all. Well, and that, that was only three on three on three. Yeah. Well, I don't think it was the three team format that killed that. I think that was just you know Warrior. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> presence of the Ultimate Warrior is basically what did that there. And the trapdoor that wrecked Davy Boy. Oh God, yeah. That was that night, wasn't it? But hey, look, we can't talk about that because it's not. not, We're talking about stuff in 1994. That is is why we are here. And we are on the verge of Survivor Series 94, which is on a Wednesday night this week because of reasons. And before we get there, we have one more episode of Raw to get to, and we're going to go through it right now. I'm going to pass over to Justin Henry to talk us through that episode shortly. But before we do, where and when are we this particular week, Justin Henry? It is the end of a TV taping. It is... It aired Monday, November 21st, 1994. It was taped two weeks earlier in Bushkill, Pennsylvania, at the glamorous, glamorous Fernwood Resort. <laughs> we go from the Fernwood Resort to one night earlier at the Tokyo Dome. Big Egg Wrestling Universe. Massive night of wrestling here, which featured Bull Nakano defeating Alundra Blaze for the WWF Women's Championship. This was a massive moment, wasn't it, Justin? I was hoping the winner would get an omelette based on the name. <laughs> winner gets scrambled I'd, eggs. I'd fight, I'd fight you for some scrambled eggs. <laughs> Depends who's making them. That's true. Yes, I've won the con- new women's champion. I think we actually see footage of it during Survivor Series, but not the actual match itself, because, you know, why the hell would we get to see a great match? Um, the match itself, uh, 9 minutes 27. It was the 22nd match of the card. The Big Egg Wrestling Universe card was a beefy number. Uh, 22nd? Well, 22nd match of 23. <laughs> Good grief. Beefy night, innit? Beefy night. And on top of that, the main event went 20 minutes. <laughs> I mean, nowadays WrestleMania probably lasts just as long, but, you know, back then... Ouch. Stars taping? Pardon? 
I said, what is this, a Superstars taping? <laughs> it feels like it, ex except the matches are slightly better. Uh, from Meltzer, the Nakano Blaze match was virtually identical to their regular WWF house show matches, which are usually one of the two best matches on most shows, but paled in this company. Nakano kicked out of Blaze's German suplex finisher, wound up winning with a leg drop off the top rope in 9.27. After the match, Nakano told fans she was returning to the United States and would stay through September of 1995 and asked fans to remember her when she returned. In locker room interviews, Nakano said she wanted to defend her title against Kyoko Inui in Japan on a big show next year. Most likely March 26th in Yokohama Arena. Yokohama Arena, most likely one week before the expected title change back. Uh, so it wasn't that wasn't the it, on a WWF card, the match that Blaze and Nakano had was was stellar but compared to some of the quality coming out of japan it, it lacked a little something well there's sports entertainment and then there's wrestling treated as sport which you know that's the difference in presentation you expect in wbf to uh you see a little more cartoonishness i mean it's what it's just it what i'm saying is it's not a surprise and none of us should be surprised that that's how it looks that Oh, and here in Japan, it, you know, it's just a small fish in a big pond. But in America, oh my God, what are they doing? This is nuts! You know, it's... <laughs> it's true. We are. It, they're very spoilt for it over over in Japan. I don't know how 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 much you follow the Japanese wrestling scene. I mean, I've watched a bit of Jap Japanese wrestling in the past, but you know, it's it's not something that I would sort of say I follow religiously, as it were. Mm. It's been a hell of a weekend in Japan, as uh, as we've talked about, Justin, with with evil surprising everybody by being evil. Oh, yeah. Dude. Who would have thought that a man named Evil could do such dastardly things and, and <laughs> turn on friends and, and, just, and just be overall abhorrent? I know, right? Meanwhile, in WCW, uh, back in 1994, Hogan, Sting and Dave Sullivan have headlined Clash of the Champions 29, beating The Butcher, The Avalanche and Kevin Sullivan. Uh, Mr. <laughs> Melzer says, referee Mr. T frequently got in the way of the wrestlers. Why doesn't that surprise me? <laughs> Any ideas on a star rating for this one, lads? Half. Half? Dud. Dud. Uh, meet in the middle. Quarter of a star from Dave oh, Elsa. Wow. <laughs> Hogan Sting and Dave Sullivan, the triangle of error. <laughs> this was... Uh, do you know what? This says a lot about where WCW's mind is currently at. We're very much on the Hogan train. Because as we have a headline, a pay-per-view headlined by Hulk Hogan and Dave Sullivan, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat was officially fired by WCW this week. His contract, which would have expired at the end of the year, was dropped on the end of its cycle since he wasn't going to be able to return by the end of his contract after suffering an injury, which is possibly career-threatening. So long live Dave Sullivan and British Beefcake in the main event. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. St Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, hit the bricks, pal. We don't want you all sort around here anymore. I prefer Steamboke, I think. I think Steamboke is much better. <laughs> uh, it's uh, it's even it was it's galling then and it's galling now. It was, I mean, I, yes, Steamboke's probably gonna have to retire because of his back injuries, but geez, you're firing him and you're pushing British Beefcake into the main event of uh, Stark. <laughs> it's it's funny because uh, when you were asking John if it was Survivor Series earlier. I would have said the one from 87, 
had Savage beat Jake Roberts, um, Duggan, and Steamboat on it. And I realized, oh, God, they were teammates. Pop quiz. WWF are bringing in Kensuke Shinzaki. Bless you. Thank you. <laughs> Any ideas on who that would become? Henry Godwin. Henry Godwin is it's good, but it's not the right answer. Um, John? I'm just... Uh, uh, Jeopardy music, I mean, I please. Know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, you want to hum his theme song? Cause I, I, I know the new the version of Quang. <laughs> He may as well have been. Yeah, kind of, kind of, sort of. <laughs> oh, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. Go on then. Hakushi. It yes. is Hakushi. Give them out a round yes. of applause. Uh, yes, uh, from The Observer. The expected debut of Kensuke Shinzaki is imminent, although we don't know what name or gimmick. Spoiler, it's Hakushi. Uh, Shinzaki wrestles for Mishinoku Pro, which is a very Japanese lucha-style promotion. Very athletically talented, but who knows how much they'll let him show that in a heel role in the WWF. Are we excited for the arrival of Hakushi, Justin? Well, knowing what's to come, yes. Because mm. him and Bret Hart are going to have some awesome, awesome matches. Talking of awesome matches, um, John, when I say, John, when I say to you, um, a Bob Backlund dream match, who would you say would be a dream opponent for Bob Backlund? Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner's not a bad shout. Why Scott Steiner? Because you would take one look at Backlund and go, you're fat. (laughs) (laughs) And you think you're intelligent, but I got the mask sales. Oh, God, yeah. They'd be like an education off. It'd be stunning. Yeah, imagine back on teaching history and starting teaching math. That is... John! John! Oh, there you are. Um, can, you, can you bring that to life, please, in in, uh, in photo form? Will do. Many thanks. Many thanks. Um, from The Observer. Rumours are running wild about Jim Helwig returning. The WWF magazine hints at an ultimate surprise coming. And even mentioned Warrior in a dream match sequence regarding Bob Backlund. Whose dream match is Ultimate Warrior versus Bob Backlund? (laughs) Somewhere myself, Artie Rounds and Matthew Aldis went me. (laughs) (laughs) That is a weird parallel universe. The idea of Ultimate Warrior versus Bob Backlund. Listen... Weren't they sort of, sort of, sort of quasi-connected because Papa Shango thing was, um, you know, Papa Shango was possessing the warrior to make him, you know, sweat the, the oil and throw up and all the rest of it. And wasn't Papa Shango going to be the one who was actually the reason Bob Backlund went... I think that was the rumoured plan. Of course, Backlund got over on his own, so he didn't need Shango for that. I mean, that would connect them. But whether or not we'd want a match between them is a very different thing. Tom, listen, I watch Rift Tracks movies. I've watched Sharknado. I've watched Mystery Science Theater. This is right up my alley. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll keep everything crossed. Eventually, the stars will align and we get Ultimate Warrior versus Bob Backlund in the WWF in the mid-90s. I watched the Ultimate Warrior versus the Great Antonio in a 15-minute match. Ooh, I didn't even know that was a thing. So no, I'm saying that I'm saying I would watch that if that were a thing. Oh, I thought oh. it was. So did I. God, I was all excited <laughs> then. What's the opposite of holy? Unholy? Okay, that'd be the unholy grail. <laughs> that is the unholy grail of wrestling. <laughs> With that in mind, that gives us a little run around the houses of this particular week in 1994. It is over to Justin Henry. 
uh, to guide myself, Photoshop John Eiley, and you at home through this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Well, Tom, it appears that Shawn Michaels has your heart and mind. Oh. Because we're going to. Because you hate the fact that we open these shows with star versus star matches. And it's like, you know, why can't that be the main event? I mean, it's the main event. Why is it going on first? Absolutely. Well, Sean put a stop to that. Because it appears we're going to open with Razor Ramon versus Diesel in a Survivor Series preview when Sean, Diesel, and the entire Teamsters team jumps Razor from behind in the aisle way. Start kicking him while he's down. Sean is wearing a nice hard rock cafe jacket because it's a 1994. Did you notice uh, Michael's a strike when he hit Razor at the start of the uh, the beatdown? He had his I arms didn't... crossed, a la DX. Really? Yeah. If you go back and watch it, his arms are crossed in the way that sort of uh, Road Dog would do the, D- the, the X symbol uh, huh. during the New Age Outlaws days. I think it's possible because Sean does have a broken hand at this point. Like, he's going for a double sledge, but he can't put his hands together. Because, as we'll see at Survivor Series, Sean is going to be very limited in that match. And it's because he has a broken hand. So this is so, why he doesn't do... There's a, actually, there's something else that happens later tonight with Sean hmm. that now makes sense now you've said that. Yeah, Sean is, uh, is is keeping somewhat inactive at this point. I don't mean to dispel John's theory. That is, that is quite interesting that ends up being the DX symbol, perhaps um, absent-mindedly. But it does work. It does work. So we hit, so we hit a commercial already. We're like 90 seconds into this show. 45 Razors. seconds, I timed it. Oh, wow, it's, it's half. We come back and holy green screen. <laughs> yeah, and also if you notice as well, Vince's voice is completely different. During the breakdown, he's talking a bit like this. It's almost like he's losing his voice and it's going to crack at any moment. But then for the rest of the show, his voice is perfectly fine. <laughs> it's Yeah, this is uh, this is totally bizarre. It's Vince and Jim Cornell in commentary. This like Plan 9 from Outer Space where they're superimposed in front of the... Um, in front of the crowd, yeah, it, on strings. It, 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 it's so obvious that they're not in front of that crowd. It, I mean, we all love HD technology these days, but sometimes, you know, it does give the game away. This is 1994. This is, you know, this is not cutting edge even in the slightest. Vincent's giant bow tie looks like he's hosting your show of shows or something. <laughs> we get a replay of what just happened. I, I guess maybe best I can figure is maybe there's. Maybe they're hoping by going the early commercial break and they come back and, and they come back hot and heavy, they can possibly steal some a siphon some viewers away from the NFL game on Monday night and uh, aid their own cause. But I'm betting that didn't help. It's well, funny the... how, how they all battle with commercial breaks, and it's a battle that goes on to this day. How you have like NXT Great American Bash with limited commercial interruption, and and they get round it with like picture in picture and like tickers along the bottom advertising stuff like it's oh it's been a battle since the 90s commercial breaks well i mean not just wrestling i mean other avenues entertainment counter program and you know, sweeps week they try to apply how they're going to get the biggest rating possible and it's it's very competitive but sometimes it comes off very hollow when you're uh shall we say punching down hmm. well i know this is day and age yeah. Good, John. I, I, I noticed as well that um you know Two minutes thirty into uh, this week's RAW, I've gone to a second commercial break already. Yeah, because they have a lot of sponsors. Yeah, well, because I, I mean, there's no intro for RAW this week. It's basically a cold open, isn't it? Um, yeah, pretty much. So you know, they've got the beatdown of Razor. Forty-five seconds in, cut to a commercial. Come back, 
green screen with Cornette and Vince. They then cut to Tatanga coming to the ring with Ted DiBiase, who looks like he's actually scratched himself down below at one point. <laughs> if, if you watch his hand, it seems to drop down. I think he's actually going to reach for his money. But the way it just drops, it looks like he's going for a, a scratch in between you know, <laughs> the undercarriage. <laughs> That's exactly what he did, and I'll hear nothing otherwise. It, it reminds me of an old boss I had. Um, <laughs> was it Ted DiBiase? No, but he actually did look a bit like a, like an overweight version of him. Um, <laughs> you, you're talking about your old boss that used to mess with his privates. Do we need to do you, do you need to sign a waiver well, no, for no, this no, podcast out? That's okay. You, you basically just wander around the office all day with a cup of tea in one hand and you scratch himself with the other. <laughs> he does the same now, to be fair. <laughs> really? <laughs> I'm kidding. He doesn't drink tea. <laughs> what's this the clip's not making it on the air let me just say <laughs> this is making it back. mate this is all going in um, I don't care anymore DBS into Tango walk into the ring they get into the ring just as they get into the ring it cuts again to another commercial break so you know like you said maybe they had some extra sponsors this week maybe you know they were just doing it for time whatever but yeah I mean two minutes 30 in and they've already gone to two commercial breaks Maybe they're experimenting with the idea of actually putting the main event on last and trying to build to something as opposed to uh, putting it on first and then just biting the bullet for the last 40 minutes of the show. Like, all right, here's some fodder. Well, they need it because if you, if, if you look at the crowd, the heat machine is definitely in full effect tonight. Oh, without question, the heat machine is about to break down. <laughs> but, but this it's show... Funny how every time we talk about heat machine, I do picture, like... I don't know whether, whether you guys do, whenever we mention the heat machine... You know those uh, portable uh, power units that you get for like roadshow events, which is like like, like, portable, like a generator. Yeah, that's what I picture for the heat machine. I always just picture a massive generator. Some guy sitting next to it in like a lounge chair. Like he, he's wearing like a, like a white tank top. He's all sweaty. He's got like a just reading the paper while it runs. In case you're just getting up and giving it a kick. Yep. Yeah, okay, guys, sitting. <laughs> A white vest next to a giant generator with the weird heat machine written on the side of it. And a dragon. He's, he's, and a dragon. Thanks, mate. He's, bald, he's balding your sweat stains next to it. He, he, he's just reading the classifieds looking for a better job. <laughs> but speaking of speaking of jobs, <laughs> this show is historic because it, this is night of the jobber that had a future. <laughs> Three squash part, matches. Part one and all, two. He has a, all, all three squash matches. Feature somebody that eventually wrestled at either a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania. I love that. This is this is, is this? this is a pro. Yeah, this is a strong night for jobbers. Uh, we'll explain when we get through it. Okay. We start off with Tonka versus Who Better Than Canyon. Oh, you did it in sync. That's what I like. So this is not a match you see every day. The Tonka versus Canyon. Did you notice Canyon's uh, outfit, by the way? They, they were one-strap singlet. The old Arms of the Giant yeah. special. Well, no, yeah. I would have said I would have said more. It was more like um, Jerry the King Lawler's. Uh-huh. It's very weird because it, it's a purple one-strap singlet, but he's wearing black bottoms. It, it's it's, a, it's an odd look. Like, even in this era where we you, you saw some ungodly color combinations because neon was in and and it was just some some stuff just hasn't aged well. It, it's like. It looks outdated even for 1994. It continues to go towards my theory that when 
jobbers turn up to these raw tapings, there is like a lost property box containing <laughs> clothes, and they just have to pick an outfit out of there. Maybe that's why DBS is itching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> some calamine lotion, Virgil. <laughs> nah. I'll, I'll come to that shortly, actually, but carry on. Oh, no. Another story about your ex-boss. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> old, old scratchy balls on... Scratchy, scratchy balls for Kandrew. <laughs> so, what John said earlier about the sound quality is evident here, because there's a very obvious sound wall that Vince and Cornette are hitting, where it's it's so clearly canned. And it just... It just reminds you you're watching a tape show from a company that's supposed to be cutting edge, but... Maybe isn't quite so much. Yeah, they really, they were really still struggling with the whole taping things in in blocks system. It was getting better, so it has, it's got better than it than it has been. But you can still, you can still see the wires a little bit on these. Yeah, we. So it starts as a pretty basic match. A lot of scoop slams, a lot of elbow drops. Cornette informs us that the Tonga's mad because John Smith was chasing Pocahontas around. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, and before that as well, um, Vince said, you know, do you remember the first Thanksgiving? And Cornette went, no, but Lord Alfred Hayes, mate. <laughs> I didn't realise Lord Alfred Hayes was still in the company then. He was there till the summer of 95, it turns out. Yeah. Uh, I, I had to look that up afterwards. But when, when he said Lord Hayes, I thought, hadn't he already left by then? He's just the disembodied voice of promotional considerations right now, but he's still very much in the company. He actually appeared, it was, it was either this... Either around this time, maybe sometime next year, they filmed the pilot for a potential TV show, WBF, called Donnie Brooks Theater. It's just like, 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 almost like this modern-day version of Tuesday Night Titans. It had Yoko and Fuji on it. It was hosted by Pettengill, with Lord Alfred as his cantankerous sidekick announcer, who is, is either playing like he doesn't want to be there or really just didn't want to be there. And he's like introducing the acts one by one. And it's it's really weird. It has like Yoko and Fuji like at a card game in the old West. Finkel shows up dressed as Hulk Hogan at one point. It was, it was, I'm not making this up. It actually appeared on W twenty four seven. It's like a, it's almost like almost like found footage. And it was like it's so bizarre. Like what the hell is this? I, mean, I did Yoko not know about this program. Up. I am excited to watch this now. Donnie Brooks Theater currently watching yeah i'm watching yokozuna eating <laughs> eating food in a in a gunslinging western cafe with pettingill and a megaphone i think i've actually i think i've actually heard about this on wrestlecrap.com uh, i think yes. they may have featured it on there a while ago mm, it, it was inducted at, i i let's <laughs> I, I did not make this up. No, I'm now looking at Finkel dressed as Hogan. <laughs> and, and then the Yoko beat him up because, you know, symbolism. <laughs> oh, wow. Is there not a list in people who have dressed as Hogan that you can write, mm-hmm. Justin, and then have, like, Finkel at the top? Probably, probably. It's Mike Michaels, Big Show. The Huckster. The Huckster. Well, they sure love making fun of Hogan, don't they? Finkel. One more. Did, did Randy Orton not do it during their little feud? Nah, I don't did think he did. Nah. Hmm. Um, People who dress as Hogan. I'll find it one of these days. I'll figure it out. Oh, I was going to see... Steve Austin! Um, pa- no, I was going to see oh, yeah, Patterson and Briscoe. Yeah. Austin did. Oh, yeah, Austin did, yeah. 
That's right, yeah. There you go. Callholic.com, coming soon. Five wrestlers who dressed... Five people who dressed as Hulk Hogan. Oh, now you spoiled them all. Good job. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah, no, but there's no order they're going to be in. Any spoiler, they listen to this. Yeah, yes, the order. That is the most important part. Anywho, Tatanka versus Mortis, which would be amazing. So this, if if Chris Kang was still with us today, that'd be like a match you'd see at Joey Janela's uh, spring break. Yeah. Very much. Um, so Tatanka somehow misses a stomp. I don't know how you do that, but he did. <laughs> <laughs> so Vince goes on some rant about some guy on a hunger strike, and I have no idea what the hell he's talking about. Oh, I was hoping you'd tell me, because I've written down, ask Justin about the man who wanted the Portuguese TV channel and went on a hunger strike. As well, just, just quickly going back as well, Cornette's saying that DiBiase was great on commentary last week. No, he wasn't, Jim. He was great. <laughs> he, he was grating. <laughs> I now well, don't believe anything Cornette says. And then, and then when they said about um, is Aldo's mask made of Corinthian leather, Aldo Montoya's mask? No, it's a sweaty jockstrap from one of the lads in the back. Possibly even DiBiase is the one that he's scratching from. John, I want Ricardo Montalban wearing Aldo Montoya's mask you now. <laughs> yeah, I can do that. Thank you very much. Anyway, yeah, that, so, that, so, that, that, that was a, a tenuous link, though. Went from Aldo Montoya to a guy on hunger strike for a Portuguese TV channel to cable TV to pay per view. I mean, you wouldn't get this lane, Justin, but um, you know, I thought the one the one show was bad for tenuous links. Yes, oh, the one show. So the one show Continue. is a, it's a daily TV show in the UK. John, how would you describe the one show? Um, it's kind of I would say it's a, think of a, a daytime magazine show, but early evening is probably the best way to describe it. It's also but <clears throat> crazy sometimes. They had Mel Brooks on one week, uh, on one episode, sorry. And what they did was they go from a sort of a serious story to a funny story, then back to a serious story straight afterwards. And mm-hmm. they did that, this one particular episode. Mel Brooks has sat there in the studio. He's just looking so bewildered, and he goes, this show's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> and if Mel Brooks is saying something's crazy, you know it's got to be crazy. You go from like like coming okay so they go so that was uh, Jerry Halliwell there talking about the, uh, uh, the 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 rise in in flu within children in parts of Africa. We now go to Robert De Niro with a special piece on how they make cornflakes in Birmingham, and it is just that it is just clunk clunk. I once invented a game, and please join play this at home if you want. Uh, called One Show, <laughs> called One Show Lottery. So you take um you take a jar of obscure celebrities, and then you take another jar full of random topics for a for a documentary, and that and then you pick out three of each, and that is how you build the One Show. <laughs> that is basically it, Justin. That really is. It's at this point in the match that I realize that there are no commentators at the desk at ringside at all. The table is empty. I was hoping that we'd cut and there would just be like two scarecrows, and like <laughs> dressed like <laughs> Vincent Cornett. John. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, John. <laughs> if I only had the patience to sit through a Young Bucks match. Anyway. <laughs> Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. 
Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Really fun squash match there. We get the Survivor Series ad with some random public domain cowboy footage. Oh, can, can I just say something about this? This, uh, this promo, please. Okay. Picture, picture this. Okay, you've got the Undertaker, you've got Yokozuna. Okay, it's mm. supposed to be a casket match. Okay, right. they should be playing something like you know the good, the bad, the ugly type music in the background. Instead, they've mm. got some yee-haw type music on. They may as well have had the Western actor Walter Brennan doing the mm. promo for it. Mm. Yeah, so just have him going, yep, 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 we got ourselves a casket match in the series, folks. It's going to be Undertaker versus Yokozuna. And just in case there's any shenanigans outside of the ring, you've got Chuck Norris out there as well. Yee-haw! Instead of the ecstasy of gold, it's the apathy of bronze. A little nod to any... Any uh, more Coney who passed away last week? Uh, who the good, the bad, and the ugly music? Oh, I can't do it. I don't, I don't have the <laughs> Ariatic voice. I do not. So watching this ad, I, I'm wondering who is their demographic? Like, if, if they're marketing the kids, what kids going to see this and be like, "This sounds interesting. More fun than cartoons and football and you know, the adult magazine that I steal from my dad's uh, hiding spot." Like I can't wait. I got. I got. I got to watch this show now. It's. This isn't cool. This isn't interesting. Like I said, for me, it was the music that ruined it. It, it should have been a more serious sort of thing. I mean, the promo that they do later on, which we will get to, that was slightly better. But I mean, even if they're just advertising that one particular match at that particular point, like I said, it should be you know the good, the bad, the ugly type music. Um, and you know a serious deep voice saying you know Undertaker, Yokozuna these two men will clash at Survivor Series in a casket match watch it live on pay-per-view you know that would be more attention grabbing you know what they showed on on Raw well yeah it needs more gravitas to it and it just plays off like it's so silly like it's like here's a guy he's back from the grave and he's gonna get revenge for what happened 10 months ago and, and you're hamming it up Exactly. Now, speaking of um, gravitas, we go to Adam Bomb versus Jason Arndt. Or Jason Arndt, apparently, if you're from the South. Which is a funny line. John, do you know who Jason Arndt is? I have no idea. That's why you've got me, because I thought it was, because when we said it was the Battle of the Jobbers who went on to Smick, I said parts one and two because of Canyon and in the Squatch match later on. But Jason Arndt, no idea. Well, he kind of went on to something, and, and Tom and I actually watched him yesterday at WrestleMania 2000. 
this would be the future Joey Abs of the Mean Street Posse. Is it? Yes, it is. It certainly is. Oh, wow. Because he was partially trained by the jobber that we'll see later, so it makes sense that they would travel to this taping together. Okay. So, it occurs to me at this point that Chris Canyon and Jason Arndt have held more belts in this company than Adam Bomb and Tatanka did. Because Arndt was hardcore champion for about 19 seconds. As I just pondered as how weird that sentence sounds. Do you want to know another really fun fact about Joey Abs? Yes, sir. He had none. He has at least one. Um, (laughs) He was the first person to take a Stone Cold Stunner. That is correct. Mm -hmm. Wait, 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 wait. Actually, I thought it was Slaughter. No. On an episode of Superstars in 1996, uh, Joey Arndt took what would become known as the Stone Cold Stunner. He actually beat Austin once in a match in 96 technically yes he did he did thanks to uh bulldog shenanigans yes it was a it, it was a handicap match where Austin said i'll just beat two jobbers at once and i think he, he scored the flash roll up on Austin when bulldog got involved so joey has his beaten stone cold you know who's beaten stone cold adam bomb <laughs> there you go fun fact we round and round in circles we go hey uh tom am i on delay at all a tiny delay, yeah. Okay. Just wonder. Oh, wait, no, you'll find us then. Okay. Okay, we'll, okay keep sounds an, we'll, good. we'll keep an eye on it. We'll keep an eye on it. Okay. So, Cornette, in a bit that could never be mentioned on wrestling shows today, Cornette talks about how Bob Backlund could work at a post office and, 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 and talks about, like, like, like a post, like, like, like going postal, mentions an AK 47. Like, I don't think you could say that on commentary today. Well, he said something about fried chicken on NWA Power. Well, yeah, and where did that get him? You're fired. <laughs> so Adam Bomb, this is your typical squash. He just overpowers Joey Ebbs, strikes him down a little bit. It's here. It's here. It is here that we learned about Nakana beating Alundra Blaze. Mm. Just casually mentioned during an Adam Bomb Joey Ebbs match. And they just took it in, which is crazy because like. Blaze and and Nakano play to a much bigger crowd than anything that's happening on Raw, and it's such an afterthought. But the commentators weren't green screened. <laughs> yeah, they could have had a bit more to it. They could have because they could have got the information that morning, and then recorded whenever, uh, and put in a bit more information. But then the, when they were going about the other world champion being uh, George Foreman, Cornette says, George Foreman, he's bald, he's fat, and he's 45, and he's a world champion. <laughs> if he's bald, fat, and 45, and a world champion, I turn 45 next year. I'm going to be a world champion at something. Come on, mate. You've got it in you. We got to understand, George Foreman, even at that age, had hurt and bombs for arms. He just—he had no finesse at all. He would just throw fists at you until you went down, and it worked. But, so in, regards, but in regards to Blazing the Con, hey, maybe they could have uh, you know a karaoke contest on next week's show. I don't think that would work somehow. Yeah, no, I, think, I, I, think, I think I'd rather work with a bowl of chicken salad. Well, <laughs> I can go for some right about now. But regardless, Bomb starts no-selling abs as Corny plugs the Planet of the Apes marathon for Friday. Yeah, and he does a good read of it as well. Far better than, um, dare I say, it, Savage ever did. Well, Savage was more like unintentional comedy or intentional unintentional comedy. 
Corny, Corny is at least an articulate speaker, if nothing else. He almost never, ever flubs a line, does he? Very rarely. Very rarely. Anyway, Abs gets battered some more. Adam Smasher finishes. And just to show just how good the heat machine is or how in, how in tune it is, we don't even hear Adam Bomb hit the mat because it's drowned out by the... Oh, it's just bad, isn't it? Just drowns out anything that could be fun, fun acoustically. But yes. <laughs> but that's even... Now, the real match of this show comes next because Vince and Cornette are going to play the new role of video game as Undertaker and Yokozuna. And I put play in quotes here because we don't actually see him handle the controllers. Yeah, but... yeah I'm very confused by the playthrough of this. Because it's... Now, I don't remember being able to adjust the strength and weaknesses of each of your characters. I vaguely recall that. I don't, I don't recall doing it very much. I also don't recall being able to make The Undertaker belly push Yokozuna out of the ring. That was his mega move. That was oh, his mega move. right. I clearly didn't play enough as Undertaker. But can I just say as well, Cornet and Vince, props to them because they sounded like two dads playing their kids' video game. Right, okay, what button am I pressing? Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm pressing this, but nothing's happening. What am I doing? Where, which character is me? Which, where am I? <laughs> the way they go on. I was just sat watching it thinking, yeah, that's two dads trying to play on the kids' video game system. I would so want to see either of them, for, for, for charity purposes, play one level of Super Mario Brothers today. <laughs> oh, I don't, try to I, figure I, it out. If, if Cornette died within the first 30 seconds, the tirade would be hilarious. Well, you know when you know when the first mushroom, well, the first Goomba comes along. <laughs> if he was to hit that and die instantly, the tirade would be hilarious, and it would just be worth watching that on YouTube alone. What the hell's that, Bruiser Bedlam? My little legs, get over here, you little. <laughs> okay, that'd be pretty funny. I'm not gonna lie. Just kind of getting mad at video games. John, <laughs> can we have Jim Cornette playing Super Mario Brothers, please? <laughs> Cornette playing Tetris kind of be entertaining if nothing else so we learned that razor and diesel is still on thank god as as Cornette narrates his clowns are us royal family video with embarrassing music and, and like why this... is it why is it they've got lola as the the bad guy in this i mean he upsets dink he smashes up his bike how can you not cheer for lola in this feud he could him with a steamroller i'd be cheering lawler yeah exactly it's here that I realize this feud's going on for over two months, and they're recapping everything that happened in this feud with yeah. just this hokey circus music, and it's just I would have turned football on at this point if I were if I, if I were more into it. I, uh, Todd also mentions at one point when the the bins at ringside and Dinks inside it, mm -hmm. when uh, he opens it up, Todd goes, "No one threw out a perfect perfectly good clown. Yes, they did. It was Dink." <laughs> Well, he wasn't perfectly good, was he? Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I put Cornette for some reason. I meant, I meant Pettengill for the narrator for this video. I, I can imagine Cornette wanted to dignify this in any way. I'll leave it to Todd, who will... Uh... Yeah. So anyway, we, we segue from that to the King's Court with the entire royal family. Oh, jeez. We, we really are doing this, aren't we? This time with, next uh, week, it'll all be over. With whispering okay. Vince McMahon doing commentary on this. As Jim Cornette asked him, are you hosting a golf tournament? 
I doubt Vince even knows what golf is. So, the payoff to all of this is this doesn't last all that long. Here comes Doink and his three sidekicks, and they'll have super soakers, which is at least a popular product at the time. It's not outdated. Not little squirt guns, but actual pump-action super soakers. And Vince is cackling, so at least he's happy. Of course, he finds this funny. As long as getting wet, ah, and that's uh, Let's just move on. Yeah, this was a... This, there was nothing to this, really. I think Vince is enjoying the royal family versus Clowns R Us. I think it's just him enjoying it, though. I was going to say, I think he's the only person who is enjoying it. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a Kevin Costner vanity project. It, <laughs> that's, a, that's a horrible mental image. <laughs> yes, this is Vince's Dances with Wolves, or his postman. <laughs> Look, there's six of them. <laughs> We have all of them. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. So we hit the Survivor Series Galger phone line again, where you can see. He says, most of you, most of you, most of you find the chicken going to be more effective than the sharpshooter. As if. As because he's trying to goad kids into calling in and voting for Brett. <laughs> what a tasteful company. It really is. They're, they're a special kind of evil all the time. You can call in and talk to wrestlers during the show. <laughs> so, um, Duke Jersey, uh, what do you think of um, the Spurs' chances this year winning the NBA title? Huh? Oh, yeah. Uh, and just rambles on for a while. I bet that's captivating. <laughs> or it's one of those pre—it's one of those daft pre-recorded messages where each word is gapped between a long time. Yes. Waiting <laughs> for each word. We must consider many factors. <sighs> just padding for time, innit? They're just filling time. They're just filling time at this point. Well, we do that. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> but we don't charge. So, so, so just to keep the inanity going, because we're on a hell of a train here. We go to an IRS vignette at a cemetery. Did you notice as well at the start of that uh, the start of the promo? Vince's voice comes up and it sounds like he says Joe Coulson. Yeah, like he's, his his audio bleeds through for 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 some reason. It's kind of yeah. weird. This show is taped. <laughs> it's <laughs> funny how many things they get wrong on these taped shows, though. <laughs> this is they've been, they've been doing it for nearly two years. You'd think they'd get the hang of it by now. <laughs> if Clash of the Champions was taped, it could have you know done take two for the Shockmaster. Now this is taped, and we're getting these little screw ups. Like, like, cut it. I'm buying that one. On to something else. As Iris recaps his prior vignette, he he's he's at a cemetery again because this is his new thing. He says, "I'm sure a lot of you thought my investigations were completed last week. Well, there was hope." So IRS and his necktie have exhumed the body because apparently this person has uh, not paid up in full. And he puts a property of IRS stake by the grave. Tom, are you captivated? It's I don't know whose idea it was to have IRS and The Undertaker feud. I mean, we've had a lot of puns. We had a lot of dead people financial puns here. I think we exhausted all of them in, in, a, in one or two vignettes. Don't say that, he'll find more. (laughs) 
But they really are keen to, to have IRS and Undertaker feud, death and taxes and all that stuff. They're pushing yeah. for it. And they're pushing hard for it, too. It's just so uninteresting. <laughs> that, is, then... that is the best way to say it, with the exasperation as well. It's just so uninteresting. Yeah, and then when they go back, Vince says that um, IRS has Tales from the Crypt. Now, that would sound like a scary show. <laughs> Especially when IRS is involved. John? <laughs> IRS hosting Tales from the Crypt, please. <laughs> He's said the Crypt is a rest holder. <laughs> Hello, boys and ghouls. <laughs> This is Kripke wearing a tie and suspenders. <laughs> anyway, en- enough fun. Let's talk about this next match that was eerily prescient in so many ways. I once tweeted a photo of this match and the jobber in question. Retweeted because of the caption I put. It is IRS versus Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy versus the father of his future tag team partner, Bray Wyatt. Oh, I love that you not acknowledge that because I've got that here as well. I never thought of that. Oh, jeez. That's just... I mean, I know we go meta when I shout to myself to do a Photoshop, but... I tweeted about two years ago with, with the photo. Matt retweeted it and noted how he had to go back in time and destroy all of Bray's relatives. <laughs> so this is Matt Hardy just time traveling. Well, yes, this is the this is the birth of detecting the tax cheaters of worlds. <laughs> Matt Hardy has somehow made this match canon. <laughs> Although, what would the IRS broken universe look like? Broken Irwin. God, that just sounds terrible. Isn't it? It's like a red skeleton character from the fifties. Broken Irwin. You can tell Matt's still on on the Indies at this point because he has his high voltage tights on. Ah, oh, I love his high voltage look. He's he's got and his crew cut. He's been he's been wearing it again recently, hasn't he? I saw him posting a video, or posting some photos even on Twitter, which feature him in his multi different characters. And there is a bit of a high energy Matt Hardy going on there. Well, yes, because. Because he's able to take different forms, whether it's Mattitude Matt, whether it's Indie Matt, Team Extreme Matt, um, Money Matt, di- Diet Matt, <laughs> um, Matt <Dark>. Tropical Matt. <laughs> <laughs> they all come out of the same pipe. That's the joke. <laughs> yes. Isaac Mackum DDS. <laughs> Fake Matt. <laughs> Come on, Brett, we must mine for plaque together! (laughs) To get this person's teeth clean would be wonderful! (laughs) I mean, he can't really talk about uh, other people's teeth the size of his gnashes, could he? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Matt, I mean, his his teeth are in pretty good shape for... for, for, I mean, he's... he's, Whatever. (laughs) You boggled me for a moment there. <laughs> Anywho, so Iris even threatens suspension announcers because that, because that's what we need. Iris versus Carlos Cabrera. Do you know what? It's better than an Iris versus the Undertaker. I'll take I'll take Iris versus Cabrera. Well, on, on the Spanish announce team, you know, last week Tom, you mentioned that um, you had the subtitles on when you were watching the show, and yes. uh, Aldo Montoya was in the subtitles language. Yes. This week, this week, 
when IRS has had a go at the Spanish announcer team. And the Spanish announcer team sitting there going, no, no, we pay our taxes, we pay our taxes. And they start speaking again in Spanish. I had the subtitles on. And it said, and I quote, speaking in foreign language. <laughs> <laughs> it's so lazy. Yeah. Spanish, well, it, it, it's seven letters. It's a lot quicker to spell than foreign language. <laughs> I wonder what foreign language the Spanish announce table are talking. <laughs> Could be Esperanto, we don't know. Could be anything at this point. I mean, if you don't speak Spanish yourself, you can't prove you're speaking Spanish. <laughs> That's true. So do you reckon there's possibly a chance they were speaking Esperanto, just to annoy us? Pig Latin. <laughs> I'm Atne Aingbe is O'Shea. I'll take two of those to go, thanks. Akfe is they. Anyway. Ixnay on the Monday Night Raw, eh? So we get a spot where TBS beats Matt with a wad of cash, and given what John was saying earlier about his hygiene problem. I don't trust that that, that that cash is sanitary. <laughs> so that's, I think it's the birth of Money Matt, actually. This again, it's canon. This is where Money Matt gets his, gets the idea from. <laughs> now, Deep Basket's telling him, "This is your money. Don't tell the Italian stallion you have this." <laughs> Italian stallion's got him in the car. He's going, "Open your mouth. Mm. <laughs> Give me that cash money." <laughs> Stein puts on a rubber glove. Oh, God. <laughs> so then, because this is um because this is 1994 role, we can't just call the matches. Vincent Cornette going on some tangent about Mary Tyler Moore and a lobster. Yeah, they also go on about the Queen winning 10 quid on the lottery. No, she didn't. I've checked. There is no such story. How they made you look? So Matt almost wins with a sunset flip, falls victim to a nice double underhook suplex, and then loses to the write-off. So yes, Matt was written off like it's 2005. Yeah, also, just going back as well, when you were saying about the Mary Taylor Moore story, um, Cornette went on to uh, sort of a, a thing, at, well, a, an advert, as it were, for Wendy, saying there, uh, Art and Garrett double for $4 there. You should have done it like he does, you know, the um, Bruce Pritchard way. I get a double cheeseburger, double cheese, extra mayo. Yes. I don't know what who Bruce is doing when he's doing Cornette's voice, but he's... He says nothing so like much. him. Yeah. It's not that guy, high. Mother after God, go higher with the voice if you're doing Jim Cornette. I, I can't do it perfectly either, but I do it better than Bruce. Yeah, but as well as I noticed as well, IRS only started to sweat at the end of the match. Shane's like, how do you do that? How do you how do you sweat after, not before, before. and during? <laughs> how how do you not sweat the moment you step out from the curtain? How do you how do you not sweat when you start planning? <laughs> if you wrong Shane out, arena. if you wrong Shane out, he'd weigh one hundred and ten pounds. <laughs> He's the one where they think of when they do the whole soaking wet weight analysis because Shane's weight is much different. Yes. Shane has goldfish in his neck <laughs> swimming around. <laughs> John, if you don't mind. Will do. Good luck with that one. <laughs> I should be enough. So, we come to 
a part of the now to this point this show has been mind-boggling we've had jobbers well become future stars we've had awful build to a pay-per-view we've had a bizarre commercial with them playing a video game we've had a match stop before it started and push to the end of the show due to a, a storyline so this has been a very unconventional show and then we come to this piece de resistance <laughs> it's one more survivor series report from toad petting zoo who was wearing a track jacket over a somewhat unconventional shirt <gasps> over multiple which... unconventional shirts he looks massive at this point yes he looks like he's auditioning for david burns part in that one song <laughs> so according to Todd the main event is waiting on him finishing this report so apparently he's going to speed through this because he doesn't want to hold up the match okay she's sweet time about it <laughs> that's the point I'm about to make because uh, he um, this is the longest of report yet it's as if he's stalling for some reason I <laughs> He's like, okay, so here it is. Uh, this match is match, this match. All right, guys, good luck. No, no, that's it. There's videos. There's NFL primetime music on here. There's it, 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 a lot of production. This is the longest writer's report. So, this might be the longest pay per view report we've seen so far for any show we've, we've covered to this point. And, and it was preceded by Todd saying, well, the main event is waiting on. It'll start as soon as I'm done here. So, And then he goes on. He bloviates. <laughs> he just goes off for all of this. And there's points where you think it's ending and then he comes back. Like they show the, the build to the Undertaker match with Chuck Norris and it has like a very like Survivor Series this Wednesday. Yeah, that's, that's okay, like Survivor. Stop talking, Todd, you know? It's it's that, like he just keeps on, keeps on, keeps... Not you, John. I mean, Todd. Like Todd just keeps on, keeps on going. <laughs> the only saving grace for this whole thing was the backland promo for the Brett match when he says, when the pain macerates through your body like cancer. And then he screams the word mind twice. Uh, John Eiley, your thoughts on Wild Bob Backlund at this point? These aren't my thoughts. I'm going to give you the thoughts of me dad. Because when I was watching WF at the time, um, I would normally watch uh, All-American or Action Zone as it became on a Sunday afternoon. And I remember... For about three or four weeks, I'd be watching it. My dad'd be in the room as well at the time watching it, because I'd be sitting watching it in the front room. And after about, like I said, three or four weeks, whenever Backlund came on, my dad would just go off it on this tirade. He'd say, This bloke here, he said, he's an absolute nutter. He's seriously got a screw loose, this bloke. Honestly, he's absolutely mental. I mean, that, I'm cleaning up the, the words that my dad used here, but he just, my dad just seemed to be engrossed with the character that Bob Backlund really was this absolutely crazy guy. Well, oh, as, as some as some evidence over the years has indicated, he, he is a bit nuts. Yeah. That's the fun of it, I guess. And, and there was a, another line that he said as well. Um, he said that, I'm putting the chicken wing on you, Brett, as a reminder as, of a taste of what's to come. But if it's if it's going to be a taste of what's to come, would it, it wouldn't really be a mind. It would just be basically, you know, this is what you're going to get. A Survivor Series, it wouldn't be a reminder because a reminder would be after the event, would it not? Um, it's kind of true, but I, I I see your point also. It's I guess it kind of falls into a gray area. 
But, I mean, yeah, maybe it wasn't the best phrase, the best phrase statement there. Yeah. But I said the uh, the Chuck Norris uh, promo with Yoko and Taker, the way that was done like a, um, a movie trailer at the end, I did like that. That was a nice touch. Yeah, had good music, a nice dramatic song. Yeah, like I said before, you know, the, the earlier promo, it just didn't really, the music didn't fit the promo. This time, it does. Which one do you think Bruce produced? <laughs> uh, I would probably say the second one. The, the I'd first. the first one. First one, I'm giving Bruce a sense of humor. Ah, uh, true. But, um... What would Vince like? What would Vince like? Let's see. Hacky think... music. Yeah, I, I, I think Vince would probably go more for the second one. Now that I think about it, I think he would be sort of the more serious sort of gravitas kind of thing. Um, he said Bruce probably did produce the first one and just thought, uh, two guys, we'll stick them in, we'll, we'll put a bit of uh, plonky plonky Western uh, piano music <laughs> on in the background and then and just go with that. Plonky plonky, like yeah, plonky, good plonky music. You know that's phrased before. I have not heard it before. Plunky, plunk, yeah, plinky, plunky, easy. Plinky, yeah, plunky, 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 Whenever one particular person from a team would walk to the ring, the rest of the team would follow. That, I thought, was brilliant. I just love that. I, I love it, too. I mean, I, I love Old School Survivor Series, and that was part of the uh, nice part of the build for us. Especially just, it was always weird seeing somebody come out to somebody else's music that didn't make sense for them. And Diesel theme just doesn't make sense for a lot of people. Like, the year before, it was his song for, for IRS's team, because IRS doesn't have a song. Here comes, here comes Rick the friggin' Model Martel out to... <laughs> I mean, I remember, I remember when uh, Rick Martel was team captain at the 1990 Survivor Series, the Visionaries yes. versus the Vipers. And mm-hmm. uh, they were all the, the Visionaries were all coming to the ring. And the Visionaries were Rick Martel, team captain, mm-hmm. uh, the Warlord and Power and Glory. And the Warlord is big beefy guy coming to the ring to this like, sort of harp, harps music it just didn't really feel right but you know because he was brought into the, te- the, the ring with the rest of the team you know I just thought yeah that's cool <laughs> I mean it, it fits but it doesn't fit which is why it works yeah exactly that's it yeah but I mean the all time champion for oddness has to be when Duggan had no song at the 89 Survivor Series when him Ronnie Garvin Hercules and Oh, yeah, they just came to the ring and just shot him. Oh. Yeah, all going home while carrying around two by fours and, like, marching together. Yeah, and then they were, <laughs> then they were smacking the two by fours off the ring steps as they were getting into the ring. <laughs> and as Brett thinks, it'll all be worth it. It'll all be worth it. It'll all be worth it. <laughs> and then it was till it wasn't. So we get a proper raw ad here with thrash metal soundtrack. Finally getting with the times a little bit. Yeah, I liked a... it. It featured mm. Diesel, Razor Ramon, and Bret Hart beating meat. Um, there was hanging. Well, Sean Stasiak was in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> he was fi- he was filming them. <laughs> Who was the pivot? <laughs> <laughs> pivot. 
So, Razor versus Diesel in a match that doesn't involve any of that. And it's a main event match happening in the main event bit. I, I know you're thrilled. Yes! And when, and when Diesel's payroll goes off, they weren't ready for the pause. No. <laughs> you can see they're just sort of ha- just milling around in the ring, and then all of a sudden the payroll goes off, and they're like, oh, we're going to get into position. <laughs> <laughs> like, whoopsie. Do it again. So Diesel transitions from his mullet to this Eddie Vedder look, which is at least getting more timely. Can't have a mullet as world champion unless this is a world class or something. See, this is what's amazing about this main event is that in seven days time, Mm -hmm. the entire business will revolve around that man in the ring. And And you had no idea at this point. I didn't know then, but there were indications during the match that, okay, I see how they were positioning him. So it's Diesel versus Razor. Everyone, everyone else has their tights on except for Sean is wearing a denim jacket, sweatpants, and cowboy boots. It's a look, in it? It's a look. This is one of those celebrity out walking their dog photos, and they just throw on whatever, and you see it like in like Us magazine. And it's just like, well, that's what they throw on. See, they're, see, they're regular. They make... You say in Us magazine in the UK, that would be the sidebar of shame on the Daily Mail website. <laughs> <laughs> But it, it is quite an ensemble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is the I just rolled out of bed an hour before this taping look. <laughs> so so Razor gets the early advantage, Diesel makes the comeback. Razor starts really putting Diesel over as a singular force, how he's more how he's powerful on his own. He might not need Sean. Spoon feeding. Really spoon feeding here. Gus, there's a lot of random crowd cutaways during this match. Keep your finger off the switch, done. The big, he comes with Sean Trips, Razor Ramon up. Yeah, if you notice, when, uh, when Razor's been tripped up by HBK and the team's all square from the outside, I've got to admit, if I saw the Barbarian coming towards me, I'd be out. I'd be gone. Yes. I'd be over the, <laughs> over the rail, off to the nearest fire exit, and out the door and gone down the, the interstate. I wouldn't even need a car. <laughs> Relax, it's kayfabe. Come back, Owen. You sure? He's not, he's not going to kill me. No, he's, he's, we're working. We're working. Get back here. Oh, okay. So if you had Haku on your team, it'd be uh, the ultimate equalizer or actually the dominator. Now, what's notable about this, because you mentioned the spot where the where the two warring factions come together at ringside, have their big standoff, Jets and Sharks. Diesel jumps to the floor and stands in front of all four of his partners, and the baby faces are now a little bit uh, a little bit standoffish. Mm. Really putting, putting Diesel over as his powerhouse that can't be reckoned with. Interesting. I never sp- I never picked that up. I thought that was very fascinating how uh, Vince knew then where he was going with Kevin Nash. I might not have known, and you might not have known. John might not have known. But that's just uh, just the way it is. Mm. Make room. I mean, Diesel looks strong. <laughs> <laughs> Cornet then makes a David Crosby liver joke that is both topical and amusing. Yeah, it's also <laughs> one of my dad's jokes as well. <laughs> you know, guy, guy goes to the doctor, he says, Doctor, have you got anything for me liver? The doctor says, Yeah, have a bag of onions. <laughs> guy goes to the doctor, he says, Have you got anything for wind? The doctor says, Yeah, have a kite. <laughs> is your dad Jim Cornet? No. Okay. Look, goes to the doctor, he says, Doctor, have you got anything for me kidneys? The, the doctor says, Yeah, have a pound of steak. 
<laughs> and my last one doctor, uh, guy goes to the doctors he says doctor have you got anything for yellow teeth doctor says have you tried wearing a brown tie <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a good one that's quite I a good like one. That one. <laughs> doctor doctor I've only got I've only got 59 seconds to live wait a minute <laughs> okay guy goes to the doctors he's says, Doctor, how long have I got? She says, how long have I got left? The doctor says, ten. Guy says, what, ten weeks, ten months, ten years? Doctor goes, nine, eight, <laughs> seven. <laughs> guy goes to the doctor. Guy goes to the doctor says, doctor, I'm, doctor, I have a problem. Every time I see you, I have an orgasm. Doctor says, are you taking anything for you? He says, yeah, pepper. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. <laughs> This is the silly show this week. Uh, <laughs> I'm so pleased I've came on this week. You, you really cheered me up. Yeah, <laughs> well, that guy's pleased he came too, but anyway. So this ma- so the match kind of goes on a little bit. It's kind of missed the exit. It's not terrible, but it's kind of just moving in circles here. Sean now has his denim jacket tied, tied down around his waist, which is another interesting look. Sean gets involved, another standoff. Razor backdrops his way out of a jackknife, makes a comeback. Jarek gets pulled in the ring, and wouldn't you know it, it's the 10-man scrum. Well, sort of. It's a 9-man scrum because Sean won't get into the ring. He's just hanging out on the apron. Just chilling while everybody else fights. <laughs> just and kick him back. I li- I do like how he, he rolls in, sees what's going on, and then rolls out again. Classic Sean. And, of course, it made sense because, as noted, he does have a broken hand. Mm. And it also just carries on him being just a, a, an ass. It just fits his yes. character. You know, was it during this point where Vince said that um, he can't be eliminated from a Survivor Series match by going over the top row? No, Vince, I saw a Survivor Series match. That's a battle royal where that happens. <laughs> yeah, well, well, Vince is dumbing it down for the audience to make sure they know. Like, like, all right, idiots, now just so you know, this is not the Royal Rumble. Just making sure they know. In case you get but yes, uh, that's how we go off air as we uh, as we spotlight this match here, uh, Teamsters versus the bad guys. And I think it's, and now that we've covered that uh, wretched roll there, it, it, it was good in some ways. It was hard in others. Good for a TV show, bad for a build to a pay per view. How about we let our good friend Schumerwitz fulfill the build of the Survivor Series with his, with his own little preview of the show ahead? The time has arrived for the start of the series. Start of the series that we must survive. Survive. Heading into the show. Let's look down the car. Looks like a mixed bag with one big red flag. The kings versus clowns is gonna suck so hard. These past few weeks have been one hell of a ride. And writing these songs has been a hell of a time. So before our Survivor Series watch along, let me share my thoughts on this pay-per-view inside. Casket match with identical builds 
But now with Chuck Norris, that man is so skilled. And a team without a bomb, burning Billy Gunn, Lex Luger and Mabel. Oh God, this won't be fun. But at least we have Backwind and Brett, him and Hart. Should be a solid match, unlike the Clown King popcorn fart. The bad guys and teamsters start off the night. Seems like a pretty safe opening. Right? And have I mentioned how I'm not excited for the royal family and clowns are us? I'd rather slam my head through a door. We don't need another queasy. I've told you this before. But besides that, I hope you all enjoy Survivor Series 94. Spot on. Lovely work. <laughs> Love the echoes. More. 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 Oh, Corey. Oh, Corey. Well, it's better than the production for, of, of that first ticker yoga video. It's got that going for him. <laughs> Much how it improved, though. And uh, thank you to Stromowitz for summing up Raw so beautifully. Uh, next time we are together, uh, before actually we get into next time, it is my job to turn to my metaphorical right and thank John Eiley, Photoshop John Eiley, for being our third man tonight. John Eiley, thank you, sir. Thank you, guys. As always, it's been an honour, privilege and pleasure to be here. Plug always your you, stuff. Okay, uh, I'm on Twitter, at John Ailey. Uh, you can come follow me on there. Make sure that you do. Uh, uh, the photoshops will be going up sometime shortly after the podcast goes live. Uh, you can find those at ko-fi.com. Well, yeah, ko-fi.com forward slash John Ailey. That's ko-fi spelled K-O hyphen F-I dot com. And if you yeah. want to buy me a coffee for saying uh, good job on the photoshops that would be very much appreciated everybody in the world buy john eilia coffee mm-hmm. there is literally no excuse not a single excuse stop thinking of excuse because there isn't one uh, thank you to john eilia for joining us this week next time we are together it is a special watch along presentation this is uh, the slightly longer form of what we do where we will be watching survivor series 1994 in its entirety and offering a a commentary throughout the entire thing for you to watch as an alternative to the commentary on Survivor Series 94. It'll be myself, it'll be Justin Henry, and crossing the streams, joining us from the Cultaholic Classic Smackdown review, it'll be Mr. Botchamania, King Botch himself, Mr. Matthew Gregg. During Survivor Series 1994, there is one particular match that we are not uh, that excited about watching, which is the the Royal Family (laughs) versus Clowns Are Us. So... We are offering the opportunity for you to fill that time for us by asking us some questions. So I'd like you to hit up at JRH Writing or at Matthew Gregg or at Tom Campbell with questions that you have for Justin, for Matthew or myself using the hashtag ShitMatchQuestions. And during that match, we will endeavour to answer as many of those as we possibly can. Hashtag ShitMatchQuestions. Is that match long enough? Uh, Unfortunately, I think it is. Because I personally thought it was going to be a relatively short match. Oh, Oh, John's dead. Let John back on, please. (laughs) Are you sure Jim Cornette's not your dad? (laughs) I'm pretty sure. (laughs) Thanks, John Eiley. You've ruined everything. Uh, He... (laughs) 
<laughs> Thanks, John. You ruined Christmas. He, <laughs> he is at John Eiley. He is at Jared Writing. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us, John. You're not allowed back on. We're getting Bob Ross to do the photoshops from now on. <laughs> He's been dead for 25 years. So, so have I. Love you, bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 